0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three of ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Jackson trying to escape and run for it, and he's got it more! Lamar Jackson down the sideline. Will they give it to him? They will. Touchdown, Baltimore. And with 1.17 left to play on Wildcard Weekend, the Hayes in the Barn. Oh my God. I wish you guys could, I wish we had a camera in here so you could see what we're doing. We're just a bunch of <laughs> clowns in here. How much fun is that? All right. Welcome on back to another edition of the Baltimore Beatdown podcast. It is Monday December 27th, my name is Jake Luke, and I am coming at you guys solo tonight here in the Jeremy Butler Memorial Studio. Uh, Just going to be ripping through a quick little recap show here today. Spencer is heading up to Vermont, so he's uh, unfortunately not going to be getting in up there until a little bit later, so he decided I was just going to run this one solo, as I've done a couple times, and I believe he's done as well. At certain points throughout the year, it feels maybe about as appropriate a time to kind of just... Gloss through one of these things and just sort of get it done because the Ravens go into Cincy today, Sunday. Uh, as I'm recording this, Sunday night, um, a few hours earlier, they uh, went into Cincy and they lost in uh, pretty historic fashion to the Bengals, 41-21. Joe Burrow with four touchdown passes, 525 yards. Uh, Joe Mixon also did some damage on the ground, 18 attempts, 65 yards and a touchdown. And really, this. Uh, Story of the game here is going to be Burrow and these young receivers that the Bengals have done really, really well to surround him with. Um, The story of the year with the Bengals, like early in the year, was definitely Jamar Chase, and it makes sense. You know, he was, what, the second overall pick and uh, looked every bit the part uh, of a future Hall of Fame-type player out of LSU early in the year Uh, that was... No more on display than the first time these two teams met when Chase just absolutely lit the Ravens' defense up in Baltimore. But today, he went 7 for 125. Um, He didn't have any touchdowns, but he looked really good. But he took a backseat to, uh, somehow took a backseat to T. Higgins, who had 12 catches for 194 yards, two touchdowns, and a long of 52. He really was what broke the game open for the Bengals. Uh, Before the half, it looked, the Ravens had just scored a touchdown. It looked like they were going to, maybe have a chance to keep it within a two-score game. But the Bengals are facing a critical third and long. Joe Burrow sees that he's got uh, T. Higgins. I, I forget exactly who who uh, of these corners he was maxed up on, but it was double coverage, and he just kind of hawked it up to him, and T. Higgins made an incredible, incredible catch over top uh, of those two defenders. They get down there into the red zone, and then I believe it was him. That winds up scoring, um, not not even really on the next play. The, the Bengals got a little bit of help from the refs, I think, uh, calling holding on. I think Daryl Worley, who had an interception in the end zone, that really would have helped them out big time. But uh, yeah, that uh, I think that's going to be the main headline of the day is Joe Burrow's historic uh, outing, where he goes for like I said, five twenty five and four. He could have had another touchdown um, if I I think it might have been Chase. I'm not totally sure who it was, but uh, somebody almost snagged a fifth touchdown for him there at the end. So um it just it's hard to really provide much analysis, even if Spencer with his more trained eye was here. I'm not sure what you really say about what this defense did or did not do today. I think basically what the story on the defensive side of the ball is, what it kind of goes back to is people with those more trained eyes seem to think that Wink Martindale kind of stuck with What he's stuck with at times, you know, maybe at fault at times, and that's doing a lot of blitzing and getting some free rushers and that kind of stuff at the expense of some of these more inexperienced players that they have out there. You know, you had guys testing positive for COVID literally right before the game, like a couple days before the game. I I think we did our preview show. Thinking that Tyler Huntley was going to play in this game, I haven't even mentioned that he didn't play. He tested positive for COVID uh, on Christmas, I believe, on Saturday. So it was initially reported that he was just dealing with some sort of non-COVID illness and he'd be good to go. But no, it wound up uh, that he got placed onto the uh, the COVID list, and so Josh Johnson came in uh, and started at quarterback. I think he did an admirable job today. But getting back to what I was talking about there, it just they they were so banged up. They they just really didn't have the horses in the back in the secondary today. And unfortunately that's just kind of what happens when you're starting guys, um, or maybe not necessarily starting, but heavily rotating guys like Kavon Seymour and, um, Daryl Worley in and, uh, whoever else is, you know, kind of shifting in and out of the lineup there today. It was kind of hard to keep track, honestly. And, um, especially hard when Anthony Averett goes down, he has like a, a rib injury that he's dealing with per John Harbaugh after, uh, after the game, he spoke to the media and confirmed that. Um, as we saw, he kind of, he, I think it was T Higgins or somebody kind of kicked him in the ribs. So, uh, he, he left the game on the cart. It looked like he was in a, a good bit of pain. So, I mean, hopefully for him, he can find a way to get himself back into the lineup at some point before the end of the year and get some more positive stuff on tape, because I believe they will be approaching a, a contract, a decision to make with him or, uh, he'll be, you know, kind of facing free agency. So he's, Gonna to wanna to get as much good tape out there as possible. And he's he's got or at least had a good opportunity in front of him um to be kind of the alpha dog at corner after Marlon Humphrey went down. Um and Marcus Peters too, obviously, but that was a while ago at this point. And he's uh he's played pretty well this year, but he was kind of the uh he was the one that went down today that was like, Well, you know, it just at a certain point you kind of just throw your hands up with the secondary and say, like, what what the hell are they even supposed to do? Like, I can't I think back to like that 2015 team and people bring that team up a lot, uh, in comparison to this one. And I've struggled with that comparison because this team is actually winning. I don't think that 2015 team had much of a chance to be good from the outset. And, uh, the, the injuries that they faced certainly didn't help, but you know, they wound up finishing five and 11, I believe they were probably closer to like a 500 type team, but uh, it just didn't work out for them. It's what's unfortunate about this team is they've played so, so well at times this year. Um, to the point where it kind of made people believe that they could go on to do great things and i think in that regard with the expectations that people have and with the anger that they're feeling now i think they were a little bit of a victim of their own success because they they really did overachieve if you think about it they lose stanley uh early on in the year ronnie stanley and then that causes the jenga pieces to start falling on the offensive line. They, they've they just lost guys on the defensive side of the ball, particularly on the back end, all throughout the year. And eventually it just feels like the dam was kind of starting to break today. Um, and then this was sort of the zenith of all those, all those chickens kind of coming home to roost when you have Burrow just absolutely slinging the rock all over you. I mean, they started the game out. They didn't score a touchdown on their first drive, but they made it look freaking easy. Just slicing and dicing their way uh, up and down the field and the Ravens really did not make many stops today. I don't think Cincinnati's punter got a ton of work. So it was just tough. Um, it was a tough watch. I, I can't I can't think of a loss where I felt more just sort of like emotionally detached. And I've, I think I've said that about like certain other games this year, but they really kind of have kept me in, um, kept me engaged. But I just didn't really feel that sense of engagement today. It just felt like they were playing with – both arms tied behind their back and just kind of being asked to uh, being asked to do everything perfectly. And um, they, they weren't, they shot themselves in the foot a little bit. And then you couple that with uh, getting a couple, what I would say were suspect calls by the officials. But like at this point, my contention with that is like, you just have to plan for that. You have to see that as sort of baked into the, the ebbs and flows of the game. Um, And when you've got guys to my point that that you're signing off the street, the chances are they're going to be drawing more penalties because they're going to have to play more physical and play a little bit more outside the rules to even things up. So, yeah, it was just a a, a tough tough watch in that regard. But funny thing about that is is it didn't really start that way. Uh, the Ravens, like I said, they kicked uh, to start the game, so they def- they won the toss and they deferred. Cincy out there on offense. They made a, a nice bend but don't break stop to hold them to three points on their first drive. Then they, uh, the Bengals kick to uh Josh Johnson, who I mentioned uh, was told he was going to be the starter the day before the game. They drive right down the field, and uh, what do you know? Rashad Bateman's first ever NFL touchdown pass coming from Josh Johnson, uh, of all people. So that, that was cool to see, and uh, that certainly was. To my point earlier about being a little disengaged, I think there definitely was a moment where it's like, okay, well, you know, if they can muck it up a little bit and uh, Johnson can move the ball and Bateman is going to be making plays like he was pretty much uh, all throughout that first drive. He looked really good to start, quieted down a little bit, but I think that was a function of uh, the offense just sort of turtling a tad bit, which was unfortunate. But yeah, they, they made it look like they had a chance to keep it close early. It was relatively close in the first half. They really started to pull away. And uh, I think, like I said, the moment where it started to get away from them was they were drive. The Ravens were within the inside two minutes uh, of the half. They score a touchdown um, through Devontae Freeman, I think, and felt like they scored a little early at the time. I think that was ultimately proven right, because like I said, that was when we got the third and long T. Higgins mossing uh, the two defenders. I think it was Chuck Clark, and I'm not sure which, which one of these uh, cast-off corners that we're talking about. But, yeah, uh, that's kind of where the the floodgates really opened up, and uh, that was sort of the game. But um, Johnson, I thought, looked very solid for a guy who is, like, literally the definition of a journeyman. I think he's played for, like, 13 different teams. He's been in, like, the XFL and the AAF. He's actually a Twitch streamer, so check him out. Uh, check out his stuff. Uh, I thought that was kind of a funny little tidbit. And, um, yeah, I mean, like... Like I said, for a guy who basically got called up uh, called up off the AAA team to come in here and start in the, the big leagues on extremely short notice, he goes out there and throws for 304 yards, two touchdowns. He throws a pick in the end. Uh, at the end, uh, I'm not sure who it was to. It was one of their linebackers, I believe. Uh, the game was pretty much salted away at that point, though. Like, he was, uh, he was kind of dealing at certain points, and the the first drive was certainly one of them. I forget exactly when in the second half it was, but... Dropped a couple dimes to Mark Andrews, one down the sideline and then uh, one for a touchdown. He put it like over two defenders. Andrews grabs it, scores a touchdown, continues the incredible season that he's having. Um, And so for the Ravens, if you want to come up with a positive to take out of this game, it's certainly uh, it's, you know, difficult to do so. But I would say the receiving core overall has been An immense strength of this team, and I think it's going to be moving forward. Andrews, eight receptions, 125 yards, one touchdown. James Prochet having a career day for seven catches, 76 yards. He had a a long of 17. He looked really good. He looked like a a very solid professional slot receiver, which I think I was maybe one of the people that thought the Prochet hype was getting a little out of control to start the year. But uh, this is pretty much exactly what you would hope for from – from a guy like that, you know, a six round pick, um, Hollywood Brown quietly looked okay. Five for 44. But, uh, I think the story is the, is the young guys and it's Rashad Bateman four for 26 in the touchdown. And it's also Tylan Wallace. He only had one catch, but it was an 18 yarder. He bounced off a couple guys kind of leaned into, uh, leaned into some defenders and picked up a first down. Um, they've, they've just got a lot of guys at a position where they've historically had a ton of problems at, and it feels like, uh, for all, the, for all the hand-wringing and all the issues we've been kind of harping on with this team and some of the poor construction, particularly along the offensive line, um, I totally get it. It really has cost them in a lot of respects, but uh, we were doing a lot, a lot, a lot of complaining about wide receivers and pass catchers and all that stuff um, during the offseason last year. And DaCosta, he made his comments about how it was quite insulting the good young receivers they had and all that kind of all that jazz. Um, but in my estimation, he went out and fixed it, and he he is owed some credit for that because this is something that even Ozzie Newsom, as great as he was, was never able to figure out. So, and this was all without Devin Duvernay even playing today. I'm not sure what he was dealing with, but uh, he did not suit up today. So that's where you get Wallace coming in and making his second career catch. I think he had his first one uh, last week uh, against the Packers. So he's uh, he's kind of co- starting to come on a little bit here down the stretch, which is nice because it felt like at one point we weren't going to be seeing much of him this year, and we- I wouldn't say we've seen much. But um, the fact that when he's been called upon, uh, the few times he has, he's looked pretty solid, has been good. And, yeah, that's just kind of the story of the day, is that the receivers did a good job keeping Johnson Uh, in the game keeping things kind of moving along and they were pretty much after once you get into the second half they were pretty much playing um down two scores uh like all the way so a lot of opportunities to throw it and air it out and make these guys look good and they certainly capitalized on those opportunities unfortunately it just wasn't enough though I mean the Bengals to their credit and uh a little bit to their fortune I think they've been uh very healthy this year, both in terms of injuries and in terms of uh, COVID. Um, And uh, it just, it really showed today. I saw two operations, uh, two young operations um, with some veteran talent on each roster, but ultimately just the difference that showed through to me was health. I think if the Ravens were even, I don't know. I, I, I don't even know what percentage point of health they're at right now because they have 30 plus guys on, IR and COVID and all that kind of stuff I I think if the Ravens were even close to like three quarters of the strength that they're at they could have maybe kept this thing a little bit more competitive but uh, ultimately I think you do kind of just got to tip your cap to Cincinnati on this one let them do what they want let them run their mouth and uh, if (laughs) some of them are certainly uh, doing that some of their players Eli Apple in particular was having a a fun one as uh, I think nobody would be surprised to hear uh, after the game, hopping on social media and taking some shots. So to me, ultimately, uh, what happened today was two teams that should have been competing for this division uh, based upon what we saw early in this year. They were, but ultimately it just it comes down to the health. Like the Ravens are on their third-string quarterback. We've heard all year about the issues in the offensive line and the secondary, and uh, it just – the talent gap as far as the, the players that – both teams fielded today. Ultimately, just it proved to be too much. I think the Ravens still have a very good coaching staff, so that's kind of what's been keeping them in a lot of these games. But that can only make so much of a difference for you, I think, and particularly when it's happened in the fashion that it has for them where it's just one blow after another, uh, including Anthony Everett going down today, and Tavon Young I think also got hurt too. Um, there's just not much to really say, I don't think. And uh, the, so the Bengals, they they go on to put themselves in the driver's seat to win the division they've got Kansas City at home and then Cleveland away not the easiest stretch necessarily they uh based upon what we saw today from their offense people are kind of going a little bit nuts about how historic of a performance it was because you know they were playing against pretty much nobody in that secondary for the Ravens so It's going to be tough for them, I think, to keep pace with Mahomes and the Chiefs based upon what they did to the Steelers today, which was absolutely shit pump them. So that's going to be a fun game. Uh, KC at Cincinnati and then the Browns, you know, their season is effectively over. They lost in Green Bay yesterday, Um, but they beat the Bengals in Cincinnati. They absolutely put it on them. So. Baker Mayfield gets fully healthy and is feeling a little frisky in two weeks. You know, it would not shock me in the slightest if, let's say, since he loses to Kansas City and they go into that game and they're feeling all the pressure and it gets them a little bit, that wouldn't totally shock me. Now, as for the Ravens and their division chances, and they would need to win out to take the division uh, if that were going to be the case, if the Bengals were going to lose out, it's going to be tough, but like Harbaugh made the point uh, in his postgame presser today that we're gonna get a lot of guys healthy," he said, uh, "and we're just gonna, you know, get back on the horse next week and see what we can do. And he's not wrong about that. They're gonna get a lot of guys off the COVID list. I'm, I can't even keep track with the injuries anymore, but we'll see. I guess I do think the expectation is Lamar Jackson's gonna be coming back. So you got the Rams at home, and you got the Steelers at home, and those are gonna be two tough games. But if you get Lamar back and you get a lot, uh, you get a lot healthier in some certain spots, I think it's not necessarily not doable. So we're going to see what happens in that regard, and uh, there there were some other stories coming out of this one. The Bengals, uh, like I've been saying, they they were throwing the rock all over the all over the place, and that continued well into the uh, well into the fourth quarter when the game had already been won. So there were some people, Mike Florio in particular, trying to make a story about how the Ravens weren't happy that they were doing that. But if you listen to what they said, and I think people were kind of directing that at Harbaugh, if you listen to what Harbaugh said after the game. He said, they call our plays, we call our plays. And he basically more or less just brushed it off. I think he probably, to their point, I think he probably was a little bit mad, but he didn't say anything about it. So we're going to see what happens. But I think the overall the overall overarching point between these two teams as they walk away from uh, this game today is that there's a new, uh, new burgeoning rivalry in the AFC North, I think. I think a lot of people expected that The team that we're seeing in Cincinnati right now, I think a lot of people were thinking that was going to be Cleveland this year. Super talented, uh, high-powered, offensive young team led by a superstar young quarterback. A lot of people were thinking that was going to be Baker and the Browns this year. Uh, It certainly was not. And like I said, the Browns are... uh, They're they're kind of packing it in for the year, so it looks like that that team is actually going to be the Bengals. And uh, as much as people have maybe concerns about Lamar Jackson right now. I expect that he's gonna come back and be every bit the player that we've seen in the past, um, at least to some extent. So my expectation is that this division for the next couple of years is going to come down to these two teams a lot of the time. And we'll see what Cleveland can do and we'll see what happens with Pittsburgh's quarterback situation. Seems like Big Ben leaving is probably going to be the right thing for all parties, but it does seem like uh based upon the precedent of the last couple of years of the Ravens owning this group, um and then, based upon what we saw today, it does seem like these two teams are going to be the ones to watch. I think moving forward. Um, and as for the Ravens, it's not over yet necessarily. They sit at um, eight and seven. Like I said, they have those two games coming up, and uh, the Chargers losing to the Texans today. Um, that really threw a monkey wrench into the wild card positioning because the Ravens have a tiebreaker over the Chargers, who I think are at five hundred now, maybe even under five hundred. Uh, after losing to the Texans in Houston. So that's a tough scene. I, think, I don't think everything went their way. I think they needed the Broncos to win, and they lost in Las Vegas. Um, so that's tough. Steelers lost. That's, I think, big for them. I, I'm not sure how much of a factor the Steelers are, but they do have the tiebreaker over the Ravens as things stand, the head-to-head, but they are going to see each other again in a couple weeks. And then uh, I think you have the Dolphins playing tomorrow night so they need them to lose i believe um and it's just a complete it's a complete muddled muddled mess in the wild card race right now and uh i i'm not going to predict one way or the other uh whether the ravens are going to get it done and make it to the playoffs um just because of the health and the injuries and all that stuff it's just like it's so hard to hard to really project hard to have a strong feeling one way or the other about what's going to happen but First things first, it starts with winning out, winning these next two games. And uh, like I said, that is certainly going to be tough. But listen, you've got Mark Andrews playing out of his mind. You've got these young receivers doing really well. Hopefully you've got Jackson coming back. And the offensive line, uh, they had some rough patches today, but overall they looked pretty solid. And they've looked pretty solid for the last couple weeks, I think way better than they did with Jackson in the lineup. So if you can kind of combine all those elements together and, put together a good game against the Rams and hopefully get it done, hopefully break this losing streak of four straight games, I think. Uh I think maybe the first December that John Harbaugh has ever gone winless, which is kind of hard to believe. Um but yeah, they're still at 8 and 7, they still have a chance to make the playoffs, so I'm going to be rooting for them. Uh I'm sure a lot of you guys will be too. Uh and I'm sure a lot of you guys that say you want a draft pick actually are going to be rooting for them. Uh, because you're just using that as a defense mechanism, but that's okay. You you know, you know, that's just how fans are. Like I said, uh, not really a whole lot to say here. So we're running just a little over 20 minutes here on my recap show. And, uh, I'm going to go ahead and cut it there. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you all had a lovely, uh, lovely Christmas holiday for all those who celebrate. I hope you're having a, a lovely holiday season in general. Hope you had a nice time off, or maybe you have some more time off coming up this week. I know I do, and I'm very excited about it. We got the new year coming up too. So there's still plenty to be uh plenty to be excited about, even if our football team is uh kind of in a rut right now. Um but yeah, thanks guys uh for listening. We'll talk to you again later in the week. We'll get the whole squad together and uh preview this Rams game, which is going to be a, a tough one, a fun one, the return to Baltimore. And uh yeah, let's just try and enjoy it. But uh, anyway, I will talk to you guys then. And uh, have yourselves a great week. Arrivederci. Gorlami. Gorlami. Arrivederci. 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 Arrivederci.